word of prayer, and then we will get started. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day. God, I thank you for every one of the, the ladies that you have brought together today um, that are listening to the sound of my voice right now. God, I pray for special peace um, and, and calmness uh, over them. Lord, in the light of our, our suddenly busy schedules, God, I pray that um, you would just continue to burden our hearts to, to be still um, and know who you are and know who you are in our lives, Lord, and to put you first and seek you first in all that we do. But I pray your blessing over the next hour, um, that you would just be with each and every one of the panelists as they bring forth your word, um, and that this would just be an anointed time for you. Thank you for all that you have blessed us with. In your name I pray, amen. Okay, so I would like to pass this over to Miss Jenna Snyder. Well, hello, Heather. That was so amazing. I'm so in awe of you. You are my new hero for that fun um, opening. And I'm so thrilled to be with you all today. Just, I love you, Mamas. It's a great ministry. And we're just so thankful that you tuned in with us. Um, Jerrica is going to bring us a word today about staying steady in the storm. And she asked me if I might speak to everyone a little bit about um, cultivating hope in our homes. So as I thought through this and really prayed about what to bring to you, um, I thought back to a time in my own life when it was hard to generate much hope in my home. And that was as I was walking through a really hard and painful divorce. And many of you know that about my story. I'm pretty transparent about it. But um, my daughter and I, I had one at home still at the time. She was a junior in high school. And um, so we found ourselves, you know, moving out of our big fancy Frisco home. And we moved into a little tiny rent home, um, very humble. And I just remember uh, one day shortly after we had moved, she walked into my room and she looked at me and she just said, Mama, what are we going to do? And it just cut me to the core. It just went straight to my heart. First of all, she never called me mama in the, you know, as a junior in high school. So I knew she was feeling really little and really like she needed me. Um, so I, you know, I thought about her question and I realized in that moment that what she really needed from me was hope. She just needed some hope that things were going to be okay. So I shared with her, God had given me a vision through that season. And he had told me, Jenna, I'm going to provide a feast for you and Avery. That's the word he gave me, a feast. Um, not just bread and butter, like basic provision daily, daily, but a feast. So I was able to tell her, Avery, God has a feast for us. I don't know what that's going to look like, but we're going to believe that. And so anytime we began to get down and, um, you know, having a hard day, we just remind each other, God's got a feast for us. You know, it kind of became our little motto. And I realized that it wasn't enough just to tell her that, like I actually had to start living like I believed that in order for, um, for us to keep that hope alive. So what did that look like? Honestly, it, it just looked like waking up every day, putting one foot in front of the other and just doing the thing and just being there. Um, you know, nothing fancy, but just expecting good things and living like I believed that I was going to take God at his word. 
um, the, the moral to that story and the end of that story is God was so faithful and did make beauty from ashes. And, you know, um, there's a great ending to that in his provision. And, and so that, that's a wonderful um, reminder that he is faithful to his promises. So we're walking through, you know, not a divorce, all of us walking through divorce, thankfully, but we are walking through a dark, uncharted territory with all we got going on with the coronavirus and just school in general and the uncertainty. And your child might not be verbally asking you, mama, what are we going to do? But I promise you with their hearts and with their souls, they are asking you that question. Um, what are we going to do? You know, the Bible says in Proverbs that without vision, people perish. So your children, your families are the same way. We all need hope and we all need vision for, um, for our futures. So what does that look like for you? It looks a lot like it looked like for me walking through that divorce, just putting one step in front of the other a day at a time with a smile on your face, even though you don't feel like smiling some days and just doing the thing and um, doing it, believing that he has a feast for your family. Um, another verse I love in Proverbs is Proverbs 31, 25. You may know this one. It's she laughs without fear of the future. Isn't that such a beautiful verse? I just absolutely love that verse. Um, and I realized that if we really are hopeful, if we really believe and take God at his word, then we'll laugh. We'll have the freedom and the peace in our souls to be, to be um, women with joy and laughter. And um, I guess the question is, you know, what if you are the one brave soul in the midst of all this mess who dares to laugh, to live fearlessly? Like, wouldn't that be the coolest testimony? What if you were the one brave person, even when it doesn't make sense to do that? Uh, what a testimony to your kids, to your family, and just to everyone um, as well. So a couple of two, three practical things we can do in our homes to fill our homes with hope. Uh, number one, write it on the doorposts. So in Deuteronomy, after God had given his children commandments, he told them, write it on the doorpost of your houses and put it on your gates. I think that's so cool. I love that he told them that. It's like he knew us. He knew us as people. We needed constant visual reminders, right? So I say to you, write it on the doorposts. Put up verses, inspirational you know, messages. Um, it doesn't have to be fancy. It can't, you know, Hobby Lobby's great for this kind of thing. You can see my office. This is my office. We got writing all over the walls and my kids go into my house and um, they always laugh because they say it's like reading a novel. I've got words everywhere, but um, even just a note card, you know, on your kids' mirrors, but write it on your doorposts. Um, declares to everyone, to your family, where you stand. It, it's, it's a statement to the enemy where you stand as a family during this time, that you are a house of hope. Um, secondly, pray through the rooms of your house. I don't know how many of you have done this. This is super powerful and I love it. So go in each child's bedroom and you can take scripture with you or you can just pour your little heart out but pray for that child in each bedroom and, and his or her specific needs. Um, ask for the Lord's blessing. Ask for the Lord's provision. Ask for hope for that child. Um, and just go all over your whole house doing that. 
Go in your bedroom, pray for you and your husband during this time that you'll be steadfast anchors for, for these kids, for your home. Uh, pray in the kitchen, pray for the community and the mess that happens there, that God will just be all in that, all over that, that the Holy Spirit will just fill every corner of your home. Um, and then lastly, and I kind of made this up, and I don't know if this is weird, but this kind of came to me. Uh, what if we made as families a hope chest? You know, I started thinking about that. Young women back in the day would make a, a hope chest filled with special treasures and, and things that really just a statement of what they believed was going to happen and what they thought was in their future. Uh, what if we made hope chests as families? And what if in that hope chest, we put things like maybe a family devotional that we would pull out a few times a week. I know we can't do it every night sometimes. Um, something simple, something easy. There's so much material out there, but just had a, a sacred time with our family and with our kids, just declaring God's faithfulness, declaring that we're going to have victory during this crazy, uncertain time. Wouldn't that be powerful? Um, if you've never done family devotions, like there's no better time than now, right, to start that. What if in that hope chest we had board games like Sorry and Trouble and Uno and if they're little Candyland and whatever, Hi-Ho Cheerio. Um, just because board games are such a reliever of tension and as a family you sit down if you make time and pretty soon you're laughing. Um, so we could all be a family who laughs without fear of the future over like a good game of sorry, you know? Um, what, if, what if we introduced that? What if we put in that hope chest maybe a jar of answered prayers? So all in the Bible, you know how God tells people, erect a stone, like remember this, put this stone here so that you can look at this and remember how I delivered you or remember how I showed up for you. Um, what if we did that with little slips of paper and just wrote as a family, whenever God answered a prayer, put it in a jar, and then maybe once a month in the hope chest, you open the jar and you, you read back over all he's done and, and you look at it together and say, God did this and God did this and God did this. So we can trust him with this today. Um, that's just my little thought of a hope chest somewhere in a common area. And even if you're not opening it, they see it. And it's a visual reminder to them. It's just a peaceful thing um, in your home. I think uh, maybe we could try that. I believe, I believe ladies that we can have victory in our homes. I believe um, that our houses, even now, right now in the midst of all of this, can be filled with hope and laughter. I know God is at work. When we are weak, he is strong. He is at work in your home. Just claim that. Um, stay connected to him. And um, we'll just together claim that he has a feast for us, feast for you and your family. I will pray for you. I, I would covet your prayers for me as well. And, and we will go through this as a season of hope. We will not let the enemy um, steal what God has planned for us and for our families at this time. All right, that's my message. I've got a quick little uh, plug for, for pep talks. So 
We are bringing pep talks to you again um, this year. If you're, if you're new to Legacy, that's our parent education program, thus the pep in pep talks. And we do it typically as a date night um, with dinner and childcare uh, provided. But you know, this year is gonna look a little different. We are gonna be virtual, but I've got some fun things planned. I'm gonna kind of package it up for you so that it can still be a semi-date night. And we're still gonna do them same nights, Monday nights. Um, in the evening so your husband can join. Our first one, I'm just gonna give you the quick lowdown, 10 second lowdown, Mark September 28th, that's the first one. And it's Raising Boys and Girls with Sissy Goff and David Thomas. Several of you in our community know them. Um, they're from Tennessee, but we have a connection, a legacy connection, fantastic. Think of the hardest stage that your girl or your boy has gone through or the one you're dreading they address it and solve it. So tune in for that September 28th. In November, we're having Rob Rynow. He's, he's with Visionary and Families. He's fantastic as well. We've had him before and I got so many requests to have him back. So he's gonna give us some great perspective during COVID. Uh, February, we're gonna have a really important talk on diversity with this, this, just this pastor that I adore who has a good message for us as far as how to address all this with our kids, you know, what should we be saying in our home as Christians? Like, how do we, how do we have these conversations with them? So that should be super valuable. And then March, we're doing one on purity, staying pure, helping our kids, challenging our kids to stay pure in an impure world. So I hope you will tune in for some of those. We would, we would absolutely love to have you. And um, with that, I'm going to now hand this to Jamie Schlegel. Hi, ladies. Sorry, had to unmute myself. Um, thank you, Jana. What awesome ideas. And something I, one of the things I love about this school and legacy is they pour so much into our kids, but they also, um, invest as, uh, in us as parents. And I am just so grateful for, for Legacy's leadership, for pep talks, for just opportunities for um, our hearts to grow too, towards the Lord, towards parenting, all these things. It's such a blessing. So I am on the PTF board and I serve in ministry and I wanted to just tell you a little bit about What's going on in my heart um, for this year and also invite you all to join us for the women's bible study so i have a verse matthew 7 24 25 it says everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation when the rains fell and the flood came with fierce winds beating upon this house, it stood firm because of its strong foundation. And I um, actually had a conversation with Jerrica this summer and um, she used the word shifting. There's like a shifting going on right now. And, um, and I've certainly felt that in my own, my own personal life. Um, things that maybe were built on sand have shifted and fallen and um, other things that I have built on the rock of Jesus and his word um, have persevered and those are the things that I am so grateful for and I think for everyone we could all probably have a similar dialogue of there's some things I thought were really important that really just when I take a look back aren't that important anymore 
And then there's other things where I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I had this, this group or I was doing this habit or um, because those things have persevered during the season. And, um, and maybe some of us are looking around and we're like, nothing's left. Um, and I just want to invite everyone, everyone that's on this call or Zoom, um, it's never too late. It's never too late for us to um, have a teachable spirit. I've, we're, we're doing online learning this year. And so I'm talking to my kids a lot about a teachable spirit, like being willing to learn from me, their mom. And, um, and every time I say that, it's almost like the Holy Spirit says, like to my own heart, you need to have a teachable spirit too. Like this year's about your own heart too. And, um, and something I've thought about recently is a teachable spirit requires so much humility. <laughs> but we all have to have a growth mindset to grow and um, humility to grow. And I, this leads into the Bible study for men and for women. Um, I'm going to just talk about the, the women's one, but you can get your husband um, involved in the men's Bible study. It starts the same day as the women's. Um, it's in the early morning and ours is at 11. Um, but this year we're going to study Matchless. And um, this is the book and it's by Angie Smith. And she wrote Seamless last year. We did this study last fall and um, it is a great study if you are a professional Bible study goer, or if you actually have never attended a Bible study ever before, because she is so relatable. She takes any intimidation out. She puts everyone on the same place of just getting to know this God that we love and serve. And um, so I want to invite all of you to build um, your life on the foundation of Jesus to study his word, um, because anything that happens in this world, any kind of shaking, the things that we build on the rock, they stay. So I want to invite y'all to do that. And um, Jerrica is someone, so she's our main speaker. And she, if you know her, you already love her. But if you're a first time here, you have a huge treat because she has used the secret places with the Lord. Um, she has been honest with him. She studied his word and he has changed her dramatically. And um, we actually get to eat and receive the fruit of what she's done in private. And I am just really excited to send it over to Jerrica and I am excited for what she has. And so Jerrica, you take it away. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you, Jenna. So good already. And Heather, you, you could have just kept going for the whole hour with, if you, could, if you weren't here at the beginning, Heather was doing some games and I wasn't ready for it to end, but that's just, that's me personally. I think, um, you know, something that we don't have enough of right now is laughter. And so thank you for that, Heather, that, that blessed me. And thanks again, Jenna and, and Jamie. So uh, welcome to Eagle Mama Luncheon. Uh, this is not the circumstance that I, you know, would prefer, but we're grateful for it anyway. I truly wish we were in person. And 
that takes probably a lot for me to say because I'm a total tomboy. I'm a, I'm a hat girl. So like I've, I've done well, like with the wardrobe situation over quarantine, like it's just kind of the default is, is kind of my wheelhouse, just, you know, Nike shorts and a hoodie and, and a hat. But man, I have never been more ready to go to a nice fancy luncheon with other women and put a dress on. And so you're going to have to take my word for it today, but I did, I did put a dress on. Um, I actually got my curling iron out and I only had to watch one YouTube tutorial just to remind myself on how to do it, but uh, that's okay. That's, that's par for the course. I'm a, I'm a boy mom too. So uh, welcome to Eagle Mama Lunch and especially all you new moms or maybe some of you who um, uh, were invited uh, by a friend. Of course, feel free to share the link now share the link later. You might want to wait until it's over to decide whether or not you actually want to endorse this to friends. But so far, so good. So good job, team. I'm not sure if we're starting with a giveaway or with the prison ministry. Oh, yes, we are. Um, okay, so we have a giveaway. Um, we are going to be giving it a, a, a prayer journal um, from Christian Parenting. And my friend Cynthia Yanoff over there is doing an incredible job in that ministry. Pardon the Mess is kind of her part um, in Christian parenting. And so she has some great resources on her website, podcast, blog, anywhere you can find her. But she came out with this amazing prayer journal, which would be a good uh, resource for you all this year. And so we're going to give it away. And this will be my first time to try to do a giveaway virtually. So let's, let's see how this goes. Okay, if it is your birthday today, uh, and, and I have to say this, if you're driving... I'm sorry, like don't, don't type if it's your birthday. You're just gonna have to wait maybe till, till next time and tell, tell me and I'll send you something. But if it's safe for you to type and you're listening live and it's your birthday today, then put it in the chat. And we'll wait a little bit to give you some time to do that. If it's no one's birthday today, a little more time. What about anniversary? Now, if it's your birthday today and you're actually on this today, then, you know, that's, that's another story. But is it anyone's wedding anniversary today? Put your name in the chat. Tell us it's your anniversary. We wanna, we wanna celebrate with you. Actually, my husband and I celebrated 15 years of marriage this summer. So um, it's good stuff. Okay, I don't think, I don't think we have anything yet. Okay, here we go. What about a uh, birthday this week? If your birthday was this week, is this week, we may end up having to go to, if you know someone whose birthday is today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I may have to just leave this to, all right, there we go. We have, someone who knows someone. So we'll, we'll go with that and we'll send our lucky winner um, the amazing prayer journal from Christian Parenting. And actually these prayer journals will be available. Here we go, Jennifer Justice, you're the lucky winner. Someone says it's your birthday, so we're gonna go with that. Um, these prayer journals are gonna be available in the spirit shop, I believe maybe beginning, beginning Saturday. Uh, we are also going to have pretty soon an Eagle Mama hat uh, in the spirit shop. I don't think it's available yet, but probably pretty soon for, for pre-order. So, um, okay, so fun. Those are always a lot more fun in person, but 
success. We did it. All right. So ministry opportunity. This is something we've been doing. I, um, I do prison ministry. I do jail ministry. And one of the things I love to bring with me are just encouraging notes. And while I can't go in right now, I can send uh, encouraging letters into them. So many of you have been a part, had so many faculty and staff even that have mailed me letters. And thank you so much. These, these really do make such a huge difference. And truly, only heaven knows um, the impact that they have and in the lives that they change. And so there's the information right there. If you want to get, a, if you want to write a note to an incarcerated woman and then get it to me, I can get it into the jail or into a women's prison. So thank you so much for partnering with me on that. Um, okay. So uh, everyone, I feel like we just need to exhale, take a minute to just breathe. Um, so my name is Jerrica Olson. This is, um, I guess my, I'm in my third year of being able to serve in the Eagle Mama ministry. And I remember early on, uh, when, uh, I was approached about being involved in this ministry, um, at the time, Angela Paxton, here's a little history for you, for those of you who are new, Angela Paxton was a guidance counselor here and she started these events for moms of, of junior high kids. Now I have, uh, I have two sons. This is our sixth year at Legacy, I believe. And, and my sons are in fifth and seventh grade. And so as a mom of middle school students, I really can't imagine why she needed to start a ministry to moms of middle school students because nothing ever goes wrong. There's no hormones, there's no mood swings. Um, there's, there's, I mean, everything is just totally great, right? No, I totally get it now why she, she started these lunches. Um, and then after, it didn't take long before other moms wanted in. And so now it's something that uh, Legacy Christian offers to all the moms. And I love it because I don't know about you, but for me in, in motherhood, really from day one, the second you become a mom, everything all of a sudden becomes about our kids. And, and that's normal. And that's the season that we're in. And also, I think God has taught me the same thing that I, that I hear every time I get on an airplane, it's been a while now, of course, but they say, if you have a child with you, they say, be sure you put on your oxygen mask first and then you help your child. And so that's why I love these lunches is because it seems like, you know, all we want to do all the time is help our kids, but this is a place that we can come together and we can let God strengthen us. And so that's really been my, my heart from the beginning. Um, because I don't bring the same credentials as Angela Paxton. So I just pray, God, what is your, what is your, your goal for a ministry like this? And so he just gave me something really simple from Romans, mainly from Romans 1, 12, um, that you all would be encouraged uh, through, through connection mainly. It's, it's challenging right now, but we're going to make it and we will gather back together and we will be stronger because not only will we be in person, but we also now will have virtual capabilities that we never would have before. And I'm thankful for legacy for going the extra mile um, in a season that could be characterized by lack. Legacy has just um, done such a great job to prioritize important things. And I'm so glad that legacy um, values parents, men, women, not just the kids, but the whole family. So thank you, Shannon Coley, Shannon Nelson, and of course, Bill McGee for just prioritizing um, ministry to parents. I think right now, you know, looking back and, and just seeing individuals being faithful in starting um, ministries like this, 
now we're so thankful that they did in a season, in a storm, in a season where there's, you know, there's trials and there's adversity. It's like, okay, this is why God established, um, established this for us. So uh, for Eagle Mama, just I want you to be encouraged. I want you to progress spiritually. And really, I want there to be joy. And today, Heather, you, <laughs> you nailed that part for us. So thank you. We just want this to be a casual space um, filled with joy. And um, I mentioned a little bit about me. Um, my husband, Eric, and I have been married 15 years. Actually, this summer, we were supposed to celebrate in, in Europe. We've never been. And so we planned and planned and planned and saved. And so we were supposed to uh, go over there for a couple of weeks. And then, um, of course, back in March, we realized we probably weren't going to be going to Italy this year. We probably weren't going to be, you know. Um, and it's funny because a couple of weeks ago, we were in Paris, Texas, where I'm from, on the same day we were supposed to be in Paris, France. And so we joked that, well, we made it to one of the Paris's. But anyway, so my husband and I, um, it wasn't as good, by the way, I don't think. My husband and I have been married 15 years, and I'm thankful to the Lord for that. You know, I'm, it's easy to say, but you know, those of you who, who are married or have been married, you know, a lot more goes into that. So I'm grateful to the Lord for really holding our family together. Um, and we have two sons, Jack and Jacob. And um, I, I think this is our sixth year at Legacy, maybe seventh. But um, we've been so blessed by the school. And um, the best way I think I can introduce myself to you is just, uh, really, Ephesians 2.10, I'm his workmanship created in Christ for good works that he prepared in advance for me. And it took me a long time to realize that I was truly his handiwork. And um, it wasn't until then that I could really start stepping into the works that were created for me, which, by the way, is where abundant life is, according to John 10.10. 10. The enemy comes to steal, kill, destroy. He comes to give us life to the full. And for me, that life to the full happened after I started walking in the works created for me, after I realized that I was his handiwork. I wasn't, you know, what life had told me I was or what someone had, you know, told me I was or treated me like. That wasn't who I was. I'm his handiwork. And so I think that actually is, is probably what I'm most, most passionate about is just seeing women, seeing people realize that there is handiwork and step into fulfilling their purpose. Um, and so through that, uh, I guess that plays out in being a mom, being a wife, being a friend, being a spiritual mom. There's a shortage of spiritual moms right now, by the way. And so I would encourage you um, to uh, do the work that it takes to, to be able to offer back something to um, those that are uh, wanting to grow in their faith. Um, I, I work in, or I volunteer at Dallas County Jail. I teach an overcoming trauma class there, and I, I do prison ministry. I do events at maximum security women's prisons, and so um, those are just a few of the ways, uh, a few of the places that I get to go to to complete the works that he created for me. So that's about me. And um, every year I, I, I pray about, okay, God, where do you, where do you want the women at Legacy this year? Kind of what's your vision, vision for this year? And this, this semester has been, you know, a little bit different instead of, okay, this is, this is the whole series for the year. It's more about, all right, this is where we're at right now, God, and what is it that the women need right now for this lunch? And for this one, I, 
I just, I just kept, I kept praying and feeling like he just wanted us to be encouraged. He wanted us to be strengthened. He wanted us to be, um, to be filled with hope. And I read through the book of Hebrews and reading through Hebrews chapter 11 actually kind of gave me inspiration for this, for this first lunch. And um, I'll just, I'll just start out by reading you Hebrews 12, 1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And so I read that after reading Hebrews 11, which we'll, we'll get to in just a little bit. And, and I thought, why would, why would the writer of Hebrews in trying to encourage us to persevere and endure, why would he bring up this great cloud of witnesses? How, how does the great cloud of witnesses help us in throwing off everything that hinders us and, you know, getting rid of the sin that entangles us? What, what is it here? And, and really, um, what I, what I kind of felt the Lord, um, leading me to is, it's, it's stories of people who have gone before and, and testimonies of God's faithfulness, as Jenna talked about earlier, they're so important to recall because that's what strengthens our hope. That's what reminds us where our true anchor is. And, and those stories can actually steady us. And so that's why the writer in 12.1 is like, since we're surrounded by people who have already walked journeys very similar to this, then keep running, keep going, you can do this. And so um, we're gonna talk about just a couple of people in, in Hebrews 11, um, because I was thinking, what things are hindering us right now? M many things, <laughs> sure. Some of, I mean, if, you're, if you wanna be really transparent here and you're not driving, you know, you can, you can put it in the chat. Um, what things are hindering us? Fear, anxiety, worry, uncertainty. Sadness, loss, change, depression, despair. I mean, just, I'm just, you know, those are things that I came up just for me. I mean, there's so many things right now that are hindering us that um, I think going back to the, the writer of Hebrews and what, he, what he's wanting us to know is um, there are stories that you can, you can go back to that, that can steady us because the reality is we, we are in a storm. We're not the first people that have been in a storm, by the way. But sometimes during a storm, it's hard to be aware of anything other than the storm. And so it's so important right now to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, so that we can remain steady because he's our anchor. Uh, Hebrews 6.19 says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He's become our high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So how could remembering those in this great cloud of witnesses, the heroes of our faith, help us persevere and stay steady in a storm? Well, their stories can strengthen our faith, especially stories that increase our trust and dependability on the Lord. And that's faith. Faith is complete trust, complete dependability. It's a state of certainty with regard to belief. And I love that the heroes of the faith aren't the ones that, you know, had the most followers or 
you know, I don't know what we would, what we would think of when we think of, of heroes, but here it's simply people who believe God and they acted according to that belief. They were, they were confident. They were assured that their belief in God and who he was and what he said he would do was going to get them through. And so I decided to, um, <laughs> this may be kind of strange for some of you, but this is how my brain thinks sometimes. Like I was thinking, what, what would it be like for me to just sit down, you know, over coffee or over tacos or you, you name whatever it is that you would like to sit down and enjoy with another person. I was thinking, what would it be like to sit down with people like Abraham, people like Noah, people like Rahab, people like, what would it be like to just sit down with them? And then for me to say, okay, this is where I'm at. You know, there's this virus and, you know, this is the uncertainty. This is what, this is what's happened. This is what's changed. This is the loss. This is the fears, the anxiety. And then kind of let them in a mentor role or like a coaching role, just say, okay, let me tell you, like, that's kind of what I was envisioning for us during this time. And so if you don't mind, I'm going to invite a couple of people into our, our Eagle Mom Luncheon, people that, again, not my idea. I can't pretend like I thought of it. It was the writer of Hebrews. He did it in Hebrews 11, or, or she, I don't know who wrote Hebrews, but um, in Hebrews 11, we, we have some of these people listed. And so the two people that I wanted to bring up today, and then the next lunch, you know, we'll see where God leads us. We may bring up a few others, but uh, today I'm going to invite Noah and Rahab to just encourage us, to just you know, one of the things I miss during this time is just the ability to go meet someone and sit across and then hear what God's doing and, you know, have those meetings where you feel like you just had church and, and you walk away and your faith is strengthened. That's kind of what I had in mind for this. And, and I can't wait to be able to do that again. But do you know that God inspired people to record stories that we have access to if we just take the time to fill ourselves with truth? Because this is the bread of life. This is the manna of heaven. And in Hebrews 11, um, is filled with names that if we take the time to go to go back to actually what happened in their life and immerse ourselves in that, um, then, then we walk away filled with faith, filled with hope, reminded why God is dependable and why we can trust him no matter what. And so uh, let's talk about Noah first. So I hope, I hope you don't mind again. I know this is a women's event and I invited a guy to it. But we can, you know, we can just pretend like his wife is here too. And we'll, we'll talk to both of them and let them kind of talk back to us. So Noah, in Hebrews eleven seven, it says, By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. So Noah lived a few hundred years after, after Adam and Eve. And um, he, he lived in a corrupt and, and evil generation. But he found favor with God because the Bible tells us, and, and if you want to do your own research on this, Genesis 6, 7, and 8, um, you can go back and just read through the life of Noah. Um, but he found favor with God because he walked with God despite the generation that he lived in. The Bible describes him as blameless and upright. And, and here's the thing, um, God, you all know, you know the story. He constructed the ark. His family, eight and all, were saved. But, but God didn't remove Noah from the world, but he gave him commands that covered him, okay? Noah listened to God. He believed God, and he built. 
Eugene Peterson, I think, would, would describe Noah's life as long obedience in the same direction, listening, believing, and building daily, daily obedience, one board at a time. And that ended up saving his life and the life of his family. Not many people, but enough. And, you know, I, I again, maybe just the way my mind works, but I think about this, and I don't know how long it took to build the ark, but let's go with 50 to 80 years. And, you know, his sons would have been maybe late teens. I'm, I, I don't know for sure, but I know that they were married by the time they got on the ark. So just thinking about what their life would have looked like. And even before God told him to construct the ark, it said he, wa- he was blameless and upright in such an evil generation that God literally said, all right, I'm starting over with just this family. So how different must him and his his wife and his kids, how, how different must their life had lo- have had to look like during that evil generation? I'm guessing pretty different. So what might Noah tell us if he were with us today at Eagle Mama? And let's just go ahead and, and say Noah's wife is, is here too, because I think about her often and, and the sacrifice and um, how difficult and lonely maybe it would have been for her as her husband walked with God amongst the people that didn't. Probably really difficult. So, so I, I can't wait to talk with her someday about what that was like. But um, what do I think Noah would say? I think he would say, there's nothing better than walking blamelessly and uprightly with God. This is what allows you to hear him consistently and clearly. And, and this was his history with God. It didn't just start with the ark. This has been his way of life up until that point. So the lines of communication were very clear as the storm was approaching because of the way that he lived his life. I think he would say obedience isn't always glamorous. You might seem crazy. Your normal will be different than other people's normal. I think he would say my normal was different even before the flood. It's okay. This is actually a sign you're on the right track and your life invites others to discover a better way his way. I think he would say, there may be people that think you're wasting your time, money, and energy, you know, one board at a time, one day at a time, looking at you like, what are you doing? What are you building? And for what? Remember, it had never rained before. And so there definitely would have been no need for a boat. They wouldn't have even known what that was. I think he would have said, you're going to get discouraged some days and wonder if it's even worth it. It is don't believe the lies. I think he would say there's going to be many days you feel unqualified to accomplish your purpose, but he's going to guide you each step of the way with all the necessary information and instructions. He'll teach you how to build. Don't get overwhelmed with the final outcome. Just show up each day and fulfill your calling. You'll enjoy quality time with your people, and you're going to love what happens as a result. I bet, I bet he and his, and his family Um, At this point, I would probably want to ask them, you know, like, what were some of your favorite memories as you were building, as you were gathering supplies, as you were investing your resources in, in, in what God would have you invest in? I bet they, they have some cherished memories. I think he would say, I know there are other things that may seem urgent, but for Christ followers, there's nothing more urgent than obedience. And, and I know, obviously, he didn't know you know, fully how God was going to, um, you know, send Jesus the Messiah to fulfill his plan of salvation. But obviously on this, this side of Jesus, I think that he would say that 
there are going to be things that seem urgent. And right now, oh my goodness, <laughs> there's so many things that are pulling for our attention and our, our resources and our investments. And, and we think, you know, we, we owe it to people to, to jump into that urgency. And I think he would say, no, listen to God and only, only consider urgent what he tells you is urgent. And, and that's obedience to him. I think he would say, your family may give you pushback because sometimes it's easier to just blend in, but eventually they'll be forever grateful that you walked with God. Other people won't understand it because it's not their race, but trust that life will come to the next generation because of your faith. Your complete obedience will help others rise above the floodwaters of a chaotic world. I think obviously he didn't know, um, you know, what, what scripture was going to be, um, that God was going to inspire people to write, but I think he would totally agree with Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. I bet Noah would be amening so loud to that one. Yes, it's true. You can trust him in everything. Acknowledge him. He knows what he's doing. Some questions that I, you know, was just thinking he might ask me if I were sitting down with him as, as he wanted to challenge me. Um, as, as a wife, as a mom, as a Christ follower, I think he might ask, what are you building for your family that provides covering in a corrupt world? What can you choose today that will lead to life for the next generation? And I think maybe his, his final advice might be something like, you can have peace in the storm. The world only offers peace in a world they can control but God gives us peace, even in the chaos and the storm. And I think he would agree with words that John would later write in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And so that's, those are some of the things that I thought about as um, you know, Hebrews 11 mentions Noah. Um, as an inspiring example for us to persevere, to endure, to stay steady. And I can't tell you how much thinking about Noah's life and the life of his family and what God did um, through his faith. Uh, it, it just, it, it really does anchor me. It gives me hope. And the other person that I wanted to um, invite today is one of my favorite people. And this is Rahab, and she is mentioned in Hebrews eleven thirty one, and it says, By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. So just a quick introduction to Rahab here. Why is she mentioned in Hebrews? Again, you can go back and read about her for yourself, and I totally recommend that. And if you're feeling really overachiever, uh, grab a good study Bible or your kid's adventure Bible or whatever you can find and, and read some of the footnotes on these stories because it's just incredible. But in Joshua 2 and Joshua 6, you can go back and read about her. But she was a woman who lived in a pagan city uh, in a less than desirable career choice, if you will. Uh, but she lived in Jericho and she lived in a city that uh, God's people were um, commanded to, to overtake and destroy in their uh, possessing of the promised land. And the Bible tells us that her house was literally built into the city wall. 
uh, for those of you who remember, if you grew up in church, you might, you know, remember Joshua fought the battle of Jer like that song. That's what this is about. So she lived in this, in, in the city, um, in the middle of the walls, the same walls that the song tells us came falling down. Okay. That's where she lived. Um, when she, so, so Moses, um, uh, or Joshua, I should say, sent the spies to kind of spy out the city. Well, they end up at her house and, and she treated them kindly. And in treating them kindly, she just asked for kindness in return. But God's kindness to her and her family didn't look like immediate escape. It didn't look like an extraction mission to remove them from impending destruction. To act according to her belief that God is the only true God, that, that's, what, that's what God was asking for her, asking her to risk, to stay in her house. The command for her was like, okay, um, you know, you, you believe that God is who he says he is and that he is on the move. So, so this is your action. Stay in your house, even though you've heard that he's bringing destruction to every town that he's coming to. So this is what I'm asking you to do. It's a huge risk. And shame and fear and doubt were probably daily trying to intrude and invade her thoughts, but she had faith and her faith covered her during the collapse. So that's a brief introduction. I hope I did her justice. Um, I don't have much time. I, I would say so much more, but what would she tell us if she were joining us today? I think she would be a fun guest, by the way. I think she would say it's never too late and you're not too broken to not be broken anymore. I think she would say, God mercifully interrupted my normal to give me a better normal, a normal I didn't even know existed nor felt worthy of. I think she would say, I would have never wanted to return to my normal because I realized it wasn't actually working that great anyway. And if you're willing to just put that in the chat today, like, okay, I actually realized what my normal was. Um, maybe it wasn't working as well as I thought, or like Jamie said, you know, you realize that you had built on, on sand. And so there's this shifting and you look around and, and there wasn't anything that was unshakable because it was built on the wrong foundation. If you want to be extremely vulnerable today and just say, yeah, I think God is calling me to a new normal because the, the normal that I once has wasn't all it was all I thought it would be. I think she would say aligning myself with the one true God was the best decision I ever made the beginning of the rest of my life. Someone may want to testify to that in the chat today as well. I know, I know I would if I could talk and type at the same time. I think she would say, I had no idea all that God would do as a result of my complete trust in him. Did you know the promised Messiah Jesus is in my family line? And it all started from one act of kindness toward his people. I thought for sure they'd just take me and my family with them, but God's unfailing love for you isn't always demonstrated through immediate escape. I think she would agree with Romans 5, 3, and 4 that says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. We need to be praying right now for God to be building endurance in our kids, not praying for escape. Right now, we have such a unique time as they're, you know, walking through this, um, kind of unprecedented in our lifetime set of circumstances. What a time for him to develop character in our, in our kids through endurance and building their character, which produces hope. That's what we need to be praying for. I think she would say, believe that God is who he says he is and he'll do what he says he'll do. You can trust every word, every promise, every instruction. 
It might not make sense at the time. And you might think you have a better idea. How many of us think we have a better idea right now for what, how things should be going? Everybody does, I think. But God's strategy, and this is, this is, this is something she, she could testify to, God's strategy can both defeat wickedness and preserve the faithful at the same time. He's the only God that can accomplish both. Trust is covering when everything around you is crumbling. Escaping won't preserve you. Obedience will. There's more going on than what you see around you. Sometimes our greatest transformation comes during a collapse. And again, put it in the chat if you can testify to that too. Uh, real quick, because we're running out of time, I have a, I have a jail story for you. But um, during coronavirus, they have released a lot of the women that were in my pod, um, obviously nonviolent, just maybe like parole violation type offenses. But a lot of them um, in a time where, you know, it's described as lockdown, a lot of the women that are incarcerated or, or in jail, um, they're actually being freed during this time. And I thought, you know, only God could do that in a time that's, you know, characterized by, by lockdown and, um, and, and just lack and things that we aren't able to do. Some, there are some people who are going to look back and have the testimony, wow, God brought freedom to me during that time. And so Rahab could totally testify to this. When everything came tumbling down, she was preserved. And so if, if walls in your life have fallen, then maybe they needed to fall. And it's actually God's mercy to show you that. I know I, that happened in my life. And I'm so thankful that he showed me all the things that could be shaken so that then I could focus on everything that cannot be shaken. I think she would say, the same set of circumstances will give birth to many outcomes. You can choose whether you look back and see destruction or deliverance. Unauthorized sources of strength, protection, and salvation are crumbling at most and proven unstable at the least, but your faith is your anchor. God will strengthen you to remain and trust that you're citizens of an unshakable kingdom, a kingdom whose architect and builder is God. And I'm unfortunately out of time. I think there's, there's so much more that, you know, that I could say about her and some of these other heroes of the faith, but maybe in our next one in October, we'll just continue with this um, and root ourselves in the word because there, there's a lack right now um, of, of words from heaven, of manna from heaven, and we know that only only the truth from God will set us free. And so that is, um, that's my only boast. That's the only thing that I could even, um, that I could confidently come with you today is, is his words, not mine. You don't want to know. You don't need to know what I have to say, just what he has to say and what he's left us with. But um, I think one of the verses Rahab would, would tell us and testify to is Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us. So um, you can have hope because it's anchored in Jesus and he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's the author and perfecter of our faith, the one who promises to complete the good work that he started in us. So I love you and what a blessing to gather together even virtually today. I wish I could hug everyone, but this is what I do in jail because I can't hug them. So I'm giving you a virtual hug and I'm gonna send it back to Heather. Erica, thank you so much for those sweet words. Um, I cannot wait to sit down with um, some other Hebrews 11 um, peeps and, and enjoy some time hearing from them. So thank you for your uh, amazing words. Um, 
Jamie, Jenna, for y'all as well. Thank y'all for uh, being a part of this today and providing um, just some words of comfort and encouragement that I think are so beneficial for all of us. Um, so as we wrap up um, and look toward some, some events coming uh, in the future, uh, the Save the Date, uh, we'll be doing this again. Like they might let me do this again too um, in October on the 28th. So same bat time, same bat channel. And um, we'll, have, um, we'll have another opportunity to come together. Um, maybe soon, soon after that, we can meet in person. Um, that may be a long shot, but I can hope. Um, use uniform sales coming up this Saturday. If you haven't signed up, that's another um, sign up genius for you. Get a slot. We're trying to, to pace the number of people coming in. Um, so look forward to seeing you there on the South Campus in the gym. Uh, you can bring your used uniforms if you would like. Um, and come shop ones that we have as well as our spirit shop. Um, some new information that this coming new down the pipe is um, we're gonna be doing a food drive supporting Frisco Fast Packs. So there will be more information coming next week. So keep your eyes open for that. Uh, men's and women's Bible study, y'all, I'm telling y'all this is, there's, there's no better way to get connected um, than by opening the word with your friends. Um, and I've made some new friends. I've, I've developed relationship with old friends. Uh, through this women's Bible study. And I think even virtually, we have an opportunity to come together and do that. We'll still have the small group breakout and have an opportunity to, to, um, to meet new women. Um, encourage your husbands to be involved too. Uh, Brett Coe is going to do an amazing job for us this year. I'm excited to see um, as he leads the men. Um, ladies, a time of prayer. Um, is, there's been no better time than now to be involved and to do that. We will have prayer walks around our school, around our campus. Um, that's coming up next week, next Wednesday. Is that next week? Um, two weeks, two Wednesdays. Um, Wednesday morning, um, you can meet behind the, the visitor stands at the football field. So after Carline kind of disappears and goes away, park your car, come on up and join the ladies as we walk around uh, and just lift up our campus, our families, our students, our staff in prayer. And then pep talks, as Jenna Snyder had mentioned. Um, ladies, the information and the people that we have providing this information is just amazing. It is powerful. It is, um, is applicable to our lives. Um, and so we've got a, a great lineup of people coming. Um, and so continue watching for some of those details as well. Um, we'd mentioned the spirit shop. Uh, we actually have Eagle Mama hats. This is just for us. So you can wear your hat. Nobody can see you while you're watching Eagle Mama, but you've got it. And it's a cute little bling blingy bling there. Um, this Saturday, uh, they should be available for pre-order. So pre-order is kind of the wave of the future since we can't have our spirit shop open as often as or at all at this point. So um, you've got your, the, the hats, there's other things, the, the journals, the prayer journals uh, should also be available for pre-order starting this Saturday as well. So um, you can order that now. Um, you can also follow us on social media, Facebook, um, Instagram, uh, that's the, the YouTube channel. So any of these things that have been recorded, um, you can go back on LCA News Now on the YouTube channel and, and get to watch these again um, and pass them on to friends or family. Um, so that's an opportunity uh, for you. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at PTF at Legacy. Um, any prayer requests, any way that we can be praying for you um, through the prayer at legacy.com. Um, and then if you are still interested in volunteering, you can go uh, to the PTF page, scroll down to PTF volunteer sign up, 
Um, it is not too late to do that. We'd love to have you. Um, there's, there are fewer opportunities this year, but there's still ways that we can get involved in, and love on our school. And I want to issue one last personal challenge before we close this in prayer. Reach out to a, a mom that you don't know, maybe this week or next. Invite them to breakfast or lunch or just coffee. Whatever y'all comfortable you're comfortable with right now in, in our uh, current atmosphere. Um, but man, we need connection like never before. And I challenge you to reach out to somebody that you don't know and begin building that bridge. Um, be that encouragement in someone's life. Um, so um, I'll issue another challenge next time. But ladies, thank y'all for coming. Thank y'all for joining us. Thank y'all for being a part of us for this last hour. And let me uh, close this in prayer. And then y'all can close your computers. All right. Lord, thank you so much for this day. God, I thank you for the, the sweet hour. Um, I thank you for the reminders of um, obedience. Lord, um, the, the, the reminders of, of faith, that, that focusing solely on you and trusting and leaning solely in on you um, and the plans that you have for us, God, whether we understand them or not, whether they are comfortable or not, Lord, you have a specific path designed for each and every one of these ladies that sit here before me now. Um, God, I pray that as they be begin to walk those paths, God, that they would keep their eyes fixed on you, Lord, that they would obey that that you have set before them and, and lean in your guidance, that you would provide them the wisdom and discernment as they move forward, the wisdom and the discernment as they are the best wives that they can be, the best moms that they could possibly be. And God, thank you for loving us when we fall so short of, of those tasks that you've given us, um, but picking us back up, God, that in our weakness, your strength is made perfect. And God, that makes me a perfect mom. And I thank you for that. Um, Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for the opportunity to meet in, in such a unique way. And we ask all this in your name. Amen. All right, friends.